the most wonderful real estate podcast ever, the show that gives you the lowdown on how to become a successful real estate entrepreneur with more than 30 years of experience. America's top female real estate investor one is an expert in financial freedom and turning dreams into realities. Now's your chance to become a Dwandonair with the help of Dwan. Here's to a flaming hot foreclosure market with the help of Dwan. Cheers. Real estate and staff. We're going to talk about how to build a buyer's list. This really does seem to be something that new investors are really worried about. And I don't really understand why, because there are buyers everywhere. So let's just assume that you're going to start off and become a wholesaler. You're going to flip contracts. That means you're going to get it under contract with a homeowner. And then you're going to sell that contract or that property to a rehabber or a landlord. And then they're going to step in and actually close on the money. And you're going to make the money in between. So we've talked about flipping contracts before. But I really want to go into the details of building a buyer's list. Because it's really easy to do. Not a lot to it. You just got to learn how to stand your ground. Alright, so now the first thing is you want to start going to the local RIA groups. And you want to start meeting people that say that they are rehabbers or landlords. I do want to warn you that a lot of people that say, I'm a rehabber, I'm a landlord, they've never done a deal either. So they may say they've got money, they may say they have partners lined up, they may say they have all these things, and they don't actually have any of that. So qualify them by asking other people around the RIA. Has so-and-so over here actually rehabbed a property? Does anyone know about this guy over here? Are they actually doing deals and are they doing business? Is this someone I should get involved with? Because the people at the RIA, they will tell you the truth. And you don't want to get involved with someone who doesn't really do deals. Real estate and a snap. This is number three on building a buyer's list. Number three. All right. <clears throat> This is really difficult for a lot of new investors to do, but I'm telling you, if you don't qualify people and weed out the people that are not going to actually step up to the plate and do deals, you are going to waste hundreds of thousands of hours of your time showing houses and telling people about deals and schlepping rehabbers and landlords over to all these properties when they're never really going to step up. So the first thing you want to ask them first is how do you close your deals? Do you have cash or do you have to borrow money? And if you have to borrow money, is it hard money, a hard money lender, or do you have to go to a bank, a family, a friend? I need to know how you're going to close. So now you know how they're going to close your deals. They said they've got cash, they're going to close. The next thing that you need to find out and you need to ask them straight out, what is your level of rehab? Because people will tell you that they're rehabbers and all they can really do is maybe cosmetic, like change the carpet, you know, put in a new kitchen, really basic. And that's okay. There's a million cosmetic rehabbers that are needed out there. 
But I want to know about the people that want to buy things with foundation problems, mold issues, houses that were drug houses, people that, you know, somebody got killed in the house, people that want fire damage. I want to find out as many different types of rehabbers as I can possibly find so that every house I come across, I have a potential buyer for that property. So ask. Right, so now you know the level of rehab. You know they got cash. You know the real. So now I want you to listen to me very carefully. When you offer a property out for sale, every rehabber is going to ask you what you paid for it. Now listen to me. Do not, do not tell them what you paid. And if they give you a hard time about it, just say, listen, I'll just take you off my buyer's list. What I paid for the property has nothing to do with what you're paying for the property. Are you happy with this property at this price? Because as soon as they find out what you made, they're going to haggle you down to nothing. Don't tell them what you paid. So this is where it gets a little bit tough for some of you newbies. I used to always tell everybody how much I was making. I'd let them haggle me down to five or $10,000. And I always felt like I was like they were taking advantage of me. Now remember, I started back 30 years ago. I was young, I had the blonde hair, tan, the big boobs. Nobody took me serious. So finally one day I thought, you know what? I am tired of all these people telling me how much money I'm going to make. So I would say this is the price. And people started asking me, what would you pay? And I refused to tell. And I said, listen, if you don't want it for this price, I'll take you off my buyer's list. I'm never telling you what I paid. If you like it, buy it. If you don't, walk off. And 90% of the people went off of my buyer's list. But do you know what happened to the new people that I trained? Nobody ever asked me what I paid. But because you're new, you're afraid to stand your ground. Because you're afraid that you won't get people on your buyer's list. But let me, I promise you, I promise you, if you will treat this like a business and you will stand your ground, you will say, this is what the price is, do you want it or not? I'll take you off my buyer's list. People don't want to be taken off of a list. It's like telling someone, I'm having a party and you can't come. Well, now all of a sudden, they maybe didn't want to go anyway, but now they want to go because you told them they can't. So when you tell someone, okay, I'll take you off my buyer's list, it's really no big deal to me. There's a million people out there that would take this deal for what it is. The minute you say, you're off my list, people go, well, hang on a minute, Dwan. You know, hang on. I mean, this is a great deal. It's a great property. And, you know, okay, I'll take it. So you have to train your buyers. If you don't train your buyers, you are not going to enjoy real estate investing. Aren't you having so much fun learning about building a buyer's list? This is one of my favorite parts of real estate investing because I get a chance to learn how to control my deals. Now I'm going to tell you something and trust me when I tell you I've done this thousand times before I finally grew enough balls to do things the right way. Only one person can be in control of every deal. It's either you or it's your buyer. So if you don't learn to take control of your deals, if you don't learn to take control of your buyer's list, if you don't learn to take control of the landlords and the homeowners and don't learn to take control of all the people that are involved in that deal, the title company and everybody, 
If you don't do that, I'm telling you, man, this business is going to suck for you because it is terrible when someone else controls your paycheck. You're self-employed for a reason. Stand your ground. All right. You've got your buyers under control. It's a good day to be a real estate investor. So now everyone has learned that when I work with Duan, she sends me to a property. She tells me the price. I don't tell people what I think the house needs for rehab. I don't tell them anything at all. Let them decide for themselves. You'll get into trouble saying, oh, I think this house needs 20 grand and then it needs 40. Let them make their own decisions. If they're gonna buy a house and they're gonna fix it up or they're gonna keep it for a rental, they should be able to figure out what things cost. So never tell anyone how much repair you think the property needs. Let each and every person on your buyer's list decide for themselves. Okay, let them decide for themselves. Then they'll never be disappointed in the price. So now it's really starting to get exciting. You've got a buyer and they are willing to sign a contract. They're willing to pay what you have asked for the price. They figured up what the house needs for rehabbing on their own and you're gonna sign a contract. Now let me tell you something. Rehabbers and landlords, all investors, they'll try to give you $500 down on your contract. Do not accept $500. Because here's what happens. Let's just say someone is looking at four or five different rehabs, but yours is a really good deal and they don't want to miss it. They'll put 500 bucks down. But if they find a house that's 10 times better, they'll just forfeit the 500, they'll lose it, and they'll go buy somebody else's property. So I make them give me a $5,000 non-refundable deposit all right, so we got a $5,000 non-refundable deposit. Now, in all the different sales contracts around the country, you'll notice they have a little uh, a section that may say special clauses or addendums or something of that sort. So here's what I write in mine. And this is all my program, if you have any of my programs. I put down that it's a $5,000 non-refundable deposit. And if for some reason this property doesn't close, that deposit gets moved to the next property. So if something happens and my homeowners bail or there's a title issue or just anything at all where I can't get the house to close, I put their $5,000 towards the very next deal. Aren't you having so much fun learning about building a buyer's list? This is one of my favorite parts of real estate investing because I get a chance to learn how to control my deals. Now I'm gonna tell you something, and trust me when I tell you, I've done this thousand times before I finally grew enough balls to do things the right way. Only one person can be in control of every deal. It's either you or it's your buyer. So if you don't learn to take control of your deals, if you don't learn to take control of your buyer's list, if you don't learn to take control of the landlords and the homeowners and don't learn to take control of all the people that are involved in that deal, the title company and everybody, if you don't do that, I'm telling you, man, this business is going to suck for you because it is terrible when someone else controls your paycheck. 
You're self-employed for a reason. Stand your ground. So the reason I don't tell them what I paid is this. Let's say I have a house I found for 100000 It's worth 200000 I want to sell it to the rehabber for one thirty. So I want to make $30,000, which is what I expect you guys to make on every single house that you flip. Thirty grand is your minimum. Well, now the rehabber founds out I'm making thirty, so he thinks that's too much for me to make, even though it's a great deal at one thirty. So they beat me down to one ten. Now I'm making ten grand. So do you know what I just did to myself? I just became a ten thousand dollar person. So now every deal I close for the rest of my life with that rehabber, they're gonna let me make ten grand. And if you want to get rich in real estate, honey, it ain't going to happen 10 grand at a time. 30,000 is your minimum on all your deals. Thank you for dropping by to the most wonderful real estate podcast ever, making real estate investment wonderful each and every time. Or for more information on how to make your, your real estate, estate dreams a reality, reality, keep an eye on dwonderful.com and be sure to become a member.